morning church let it be light eso hallelujah <laughs> buenos dias well um, last Sunday we got stuck in Dominican Republic and we have to call actually at the last minute we call her Wonder Woman and she came up with a powerful sermon Saturday night so let's put the hands together she did awesome. So we are now in this sermon series on the health of the church. And today we're going to talk about how important it is for us to self-examine through the light of the book of Acts, which is the blueprint of God for us to examine ourselves. We don't need anyone from outside to come and evaluate us. We have the Holy Spirit, amen? So we can self-evaluate. Now, I'm going to give you just the definitions of these 10 uh, marks of a healthy church, and I want you to self-evaluate St. John, not Southeast, St. John, okay? You do that, 10 is excellent, one is poorly, and then don't think too much, don't overthink it, just go through it really quick the first thing that comes to your mind and your heart. And number two, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit um, open your eyes so you can step outside of denial, okay? Because people, when we do this, we tend to be very generous with our <laughs> evaluations. So be, you know, be as, make it as real as possible. And we're going to go through it really quick. So, one, the first mark is gospel planting. Gospel planting, meaning preaching the gospel, the life of Jesus, the resurrection, the death of, the, um, of Jesus, resurrection, repentance, and faith only through Jesus. So a healthy church is a church that preaches the gospel. And the reason it says gospel planting is because we don't have any way, we don't have anywhere in the scriptures where God is sending us to plant churches. He sent us to preach the gospel and make disciples, and disciples plant churches. But this is gospel planting, sowing the seed. The sower went out to sow. So it's sowing the seed of the gospel. Preaching the gospel, that's what step number one is. That's the first mark. It's a church that preached the gospel. Not three steps to be happy, seven steps to fix your marriage. No, 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 no. We're going to preach what? The gospel. The gospel. That's number one, one to ten. And if you are online and you don't have the form, it doesn't matter. Just do it on your own. Just give a number to this mark. Number two, teaching of the word of God. The teaching of God involves study the Bible, interpret and applying scripture to our life with that purpose, spiritual growth and Maturity. How are we doing here at St. John? Are we teaching the Word of God? Do we have enough time and opportunity to dive into the Word? Three, fellowship. So fellowship is the communal gathering of believers to support, to encourage each other, participate in a spiritual experience with Jesus. So how are we doing in fellowship? Are we doing this well? Are we spending time together? Are we having experiences together as a church? 
four sacraments. We have two sacraments, baptism and the breaking of the bread, communion. The sacrament of baptism and communion are means of grace instituted by Christ to commemorate his death, burial, and resurrection. And then baptism represents the believer's identification with Christ. Breaking the bread, communion, is the remembrance of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Are we, how are we doing with the sacraments? Are we presenting and ministering the sacraments well? Is the church participating and partaking in the sacraments? How are we doing with baptisms in 2023? Do we have many baptisms? We have few baptisms? Self-evaluate. Five, prayer. Prayer is communicating with God, gratitude, uh, confession, um, supplication, spending time with God, depending on God, seeking his guidance, and asking God to intervene in the life of the church. Are we praying together as a church? Are we praying? Um, are we giving prayer a priority in St. John? One, two, ten. Six, the movement of the Holy Spirit in the local church. And here we're talking about an active presence and guidance and empowerment within the local church. Is the Holy Spirit moving in St. John? And now, a manifestation of a spiritual gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. So we want to see that balance, the gifts of the Spirit, but also the fruits of the Spirit, and the leading of the Spirit in the life and ministries of the church and the believers. Is the Holy Spirit leading St. John? One to ten. Seven, unity, or better said, community. Unity means oneness, harmony among believers. And it involves accepting one another and putting aside differences and working together for a common purpose, which is advancing the kingdom of God. How are we doing in unity? Are we united? Are we one? Meaning that once we all have opinions, we all have personal agendas, but when we come together as a church, are we one? We leave the room as one. Very important unity. Eight, radical generosity. Meaning giving your time, your treasures, your talents for the benefits of the kingdom, advancing the kingdom of God, giving sacrificially to the church. How are we doing? In generosity at St. John. One to ten. Nine, continual worship in the temple and in the houses. How are we doing in worship? Are we having worship only in the temple here in the church? Or are we also having worship outside of the church? How are we doing? And we see that in the book of Acts, and I'm going deeper later, but we see a balance between houses and temple. Not only the temple, but also the houses. Expressing adorations and giving and reverence to God. When we come to worship, is the band pushing us to worship or we are worshiping freely? Not motivational worship, but inspired worship. Motivational worship is raise your hands, clap, do this, do that. Or the Holy Spirit is leading us in worship. Okay? Ten, favor. Good testimony and reputation with the outsiders. Favor in the context of a healthy church refers to a positive reputation and impact 
the church has and the impact that the church has on those outside its wall. Being a good witness, ambassador for Christ to the surrounding community, demonstrating the love and transformative power of the gospel through actions and word. So what people are saying about St. John. Do we have a good testimony as St. John in the community and beyond or not? One, two, ten. Done? Excellent. So Stephen is going to, Eli is going to get the forms. And I'm going to give you the numbers and the results live. So you're not going, you're leaving this place knowing what we think. And then next week, we're going to put together 8.30 service and the 10.30 service together and combine both and see what the church believe or how the church evaluate us as a whole. Hallelujah. Well, where this thing marks come from? It comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, 37 to 47. And I'm going just to highlight where these marks come from. Again, this is a, the blueprint that God provided for us when the church was born. Here it is. The context here is Peter is preaching the gospel at the Pentecost, in the Pentecost, and here he's preaching the gospel, and here's the response that he got from the people who heard the gospel. He says, when the people heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? So when we talk about this, when we preach the gospel, that's the response we need to get. You need to feel this cut in your heart, like, you know, for transformation, for change. You need to be challenged. And then the, 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 the natural response to the gospel is, what shall we do? So if we're receiving the gospel, there's something that God is asking us to do, and we need to ask, right? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So Jesus is transferred this message to the apostles, and now the apostles is presenting the gospel to people and saying, repent and be baptized. So when we receive the gospel, a natural response is going to the waters, and today we have one baptism. Hallelujah. Awesome. So now... When we see this, we're expecting in St. John that when we are walking with this message that we're going to see many, many, many more baptisms. Verse 40, with many other words, he warned them, he pleaded with them, save yourself for this, from this corrupt generation. Even in the 21st century, we are still living in a corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So people respond to the gospel with baptism. Next, they devoted themselves to the apostle teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. There you see the other marks, the teaching of the word, fellowship, 
breaking of bread, communion, and then prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They, were un they had unity, and they give generously to anyone who had needs. Every day, stay with me every day. Repeat with me every day. Again. These people used to worship how many days? And you're only come on Sunday. Okay? Every day. So you think Sunday is too much? No, it's not. One hour is too much? No, it's not. These people used to come every day. Every day. Every day. So we come one hour a week. One hour a week. God is challenging us to every day. But don't worry, I'm not going to do that. Just, just, just highlighting the fact that we need to be here. When we are here, let's be here. Let's be here. Because I mean, it's one hour. And then we go. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were um, being saved. Okay, so who was, who was adding people to the church? The Lord. So we can plan and worship and plan strategies and do events, but at the end of the day, only the Lord will add people to his church. And the only way that will happen is if we have a healthy church. So there you go. We already established that St. John is not a cruise ship. It is what? A battleship. So, save the cruise ship for vacation and come ready for a battleship. So, now we have four break. You are refreshed. Let's do this. What, what does that mean? Advancing the kingdom of God, preaching the gospel. Now, every church has the same life cycle. St. John was planted, it's a church plant, was planted in 1979 and then shuttered in 1980. And as every church, when the church is planted, the church grows fast and then begin to what? To plateau. And unless we have radical changes and self-evaluation, we're going to start doing what? Decline. That's true for every church in the planet. Okay? Now, we are now at a critical point because we have gone from 500 to 250. Now, we can blame the pandemic. We can blame Southeast. We can blame Satan. We can blame Tom, but you cannot blame me. <laughs> because I've been here for three months. Okay? Now, what is important about this is, it's not that we used to be 500. That's not important as we need to focus on the fact that we can become a very healthy 250 member church. And that should be our first goal. It's not growing the church for the sake of growing, but being what? Healthy. Being healthy. Being healthy. And if we don't do that, the risk is that we continue declining or we get healthy and everything that is alive and healthy will grow back. Yes or no? 
Okay, so that's the focus. Now, how we're going to do that? Well, yes, in 250, our goal as, as a church is not growing, 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 but becoming more healthier every month. Now, when we say that, people usually pay attention to the results, the 250. So the tendency is to come in on Sunday and look around and say, we're growing, we're growing. What is the people? What are the people? We're encountering people and sending numbers, 107, 197, oh, 200. Oh, wait a minute, if we'll break 80 people. I don't have time for that. What should be our focus? This, the process, the discipleship making. Now what people see, we're going to spend a lot of time under the water, diving in, spending time about what is the process to make disciples? What is the process to make leaders? How are we organized? Do we have the infrastructure? Do we have the capacity to do what we need to do as a church? That's the question that we need to be answering. And again and again, in seeking God for guidance, we can become the healthiest church ever with 250 members. Now, are we preaching the Bible? Are we preaching the gospel? Is Christ the center? Are we preaching the truth? Is, I'd rather have a church of 250 when people where, where, where preaching the truth, people get mad or angry one Sunday, but something happens in the future, they go to heaven, or... We have a church of 500, everybody's happy, and then people go to hell because never, we never preach the truth. So I'd rather have you angry, frustrated, uncomfortable, and then go to heaven than being happy and clappy, and then what? Exactly. So I went to preach the truth. Love, but also the truth. And that's what we need to do in 2024. Continue doing that. Now, there is also possibilities. We can grow. We can present our values. You see the values of the church. Those are the things that really sustain everything we do. Every activity, every event should be sustained by these values. And then we need to start behaving as a 250 members church. We're not 500 anymore. We are a 250 member church. So we need to start thinking about all the events, all the activities that we're doing, because we're doing so much that the staff is burned out at the verge of it. Why? Doing, 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 doing. All the events that we used to do when we were bigger. We need to step out of denial and accept the fact that we are where we are right now. So I have news for you. I, I said to the staff, we're going to create a bucket called must do and another bucket called have to do or nice to do. And then that bucket, I'm going to come here on Sunday and present it to you and say, beautiful church of St. John, this is the things that we cannot do anymore. If any of you want to step on and get something done, get in contact with us. If not, we are not doing it. Either that or people will start quitting because there is no way that we can sustain these 100 activities nonstop. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So we need, to, we need to just accept that because in reality, being a healthy 250 member church is awesome. We don't need to be 500. We need to be who we are. Next, now 
as a senior pastor, I'm looking for shining eyes. Who is alive in St. John? Who still have passion? Who still believes that we can grow again? Who still believes, who, who wants to make disciples? Who is still dreaming with impacting the community, impacting the world, growing the church? Who still believes that Jesus is coming back again? That's the thing, that looking for it. But we also need to invite everyone, invite everyone, enjoying everyone, because when people are on fire, we're going to start sharing with other people. And we need to enroll everyone in this vision. Now, when you see the Bible in Acts 2, 37 to 47, these are the marks by verse. You want to take a picture of it? Feel free to do that. In verse 37, Peter was preaching the gospel. That was powerful. He was preaching the gospel, and people were challenged by it. So hopefully in the name of Jesus, we continue working with Ashley and, all, and, and then others to say, let's preach the gospel. Let's, let's preach the gospel. Let's preach the gospel. If Jesus comes back, we want to be found preaching the gospel. Number two, teaching the word of God. There is a powerful message um, that Jesus, uh, in Matthew 22, the, Pharisee, the, the Sadducees came to Jesus, and, and they have a question for him because they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in anything supernatural. They didn't believe in anything in beyond the natural. So they were questioning Jesus and said, Jesus, tell us, in the resurrection, we have this marriage and he died, the seven brothers, he died, and when he died, now, according to Moses, the next brother has to marry this, uh, his wife and produce children. But the seven brothers die, so in the resurrection, he was actually mocking, mocking Jesus and saying, we don't believe in the resurrection. So we have a, a debate for you, an argument. Now in the resurrection, who will be the husband? And Jesus' reply is very powerful. Jesus' reply, you, you error because you don't know the scriptures and the power of God. In other words, there are things, and for us to understand the gospel and all these questions that one day Jesus is going to reply to us, either we believe it or not, people who can actually answer these questions are the people that hold the Bible in one hand and the Holy Spirit in the other hand. It's the other, that, those are the two tools that we have. The power of God and the word of God. And with that, bring it on. Let's, let's have conversations about the challenges that we have in the 21st century. But without it, we don't understand. And we keep asking questions. But Jesus is coming one day and going to sort it out. He will answer all the questions. So the gospel and preaching the gospel is one of the important ones. The other one that we have there as we go and continue going through these marks. Then they talk about fellowship, right? But fellowship means spending time with Jesus, helping one another, coming together, not only in organized events, but also the church being hungry for you guys to spend time together. Because not everything can be ordained and established in a calendar. When the Holy Spirit is moving and people love each other, it's natural that we're going to seek opportunity to have coffee together, to have breakfast together, to have lunch together, to, to just to talk. Fellowship is important. Now, 
Let's go back and see their results because their results are ready. I'm looking forward to that. The first one is gospel planting. And gospel planting, let's see how many of us evaluated the church high or low. Seven, I like that number, seven were there. Now, remember this, this is not about joining the church. It's just defining where we are so we can start growing in these numbers. So all numbers are good because what we want to do is self-evaluate. So seven, so seven. Right now we are at number seven, preaching the gospel and another a practical tangible action we can take is continue to present to you sermons that are gospel-centered. And then having evangelistic events, support missionaries, equipping believers, we can do all of that. But right now, we are in seven, which is a good number. Now, the question is, when we combine this with the morning, where we are. But right now, I'm excited that at least we are in seven and we are moving forward little by little. Two, teaching the word of God. Eight, hallelujah, eight. Can you put your hands together and clap? Because this is... This is good. This is good. This is good. Preaching the word of God. Now, we continue in taking action. We need to create more opportunities for Bible study. We need to spend more time together. But something that I want to highlight here is we need to spend more time in the word of God. We have 66 books. I'm excited that in San John we are all reading books and books and books and books. And again, I'm a book author. So I know. But here, what I'm saying is, if you have the first priority for us is to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You should not be reading other books if you never read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Because if you don't, how do you know if your reading is right or wrong? You will say hallelujah to everything unless... You have inside of you the word of God so you can process what people are writing. It's so important. It's so important that we spend time like never before in the word of God, spending time in the word of God. Seven, fellowship, practical, tangible action. We need to spend more time, meaningful relationship, but we need to spend more time together again. We have many events planned. The question is not plan events, unplanned events, that we want to see more the church doing that. Like you, you do it. Like you plan it without a staff, without a pastor, without a calendar, without, just, just out of love, just out of a desire to spend time together. There is growth, there is power when we do that because discipleship is the first, the first step of discipleship is fellowship. So important. Sacraments, baptism, and Communion, the breaking of the bread. We are doing well, so seven, which means that we are uh, coming to communion every, the first Sunday of every month. We have communion. Now, do you know why we have two sacraments and not seven? We are not Catholic. Why we have two and not seven? Do you know that? Why we have two sacraments and not seven? The reason we have two sacraments, which is, Communion and baptism is because those two are connected to salvation. That's why we have two sacraments, baptism and the table of the Lord. Those two are 
connected to salvation. That's what we have to you, which means that every, the first Sunday of every month, we're going to have communion. So if you're going to miss a Sunday, pick the second Sunday of the month. <laughs> okay? Because if you miss one Sunday and happens to be the first Sunday, you will be two months without communion. And communion is a means of grace. There is power in the table for forgiveness, repentance, and all of that. So it doesn't matter how we do it. What matters is that you are present and you come to the table with the right heart and repent. Okay? So it's so important. This is the table of the Lord. Not my table, not your table. It's his table. It's so important that when we come, doesn't matter how good we do intention, or we do it like this, or we do it like that. That's, that's cookies and cream. This is the steak. Coming with the right heart to partake communion. Now, baptism, and we're going to have one baptism today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> we want to see more baptisms in 2024 because a church, doesn't matter what the numbers say, says, doesn't matter what people say, if we don't have baptism, the church is dying. Do you understand that? Baptism is the membership, the, the true membership of the church, and the life of the church is baptisms. A church without baptism is a church that is declining and dying. So 2024, please join me praying, fasting for new people to come to the waters. And most importantly, that God fills us with the Holy Spirit so we have passion to share the gospel with other people so we have baptisms. And not only infant baptisms or confirmation baptisms, which is the people who are already here. So when you have infant baptisms and you have confirmation baptisms, what, that, what, what does that mean? Well, it means that the household is doing a good job. Okay? But when we have adults baptisms, new believer baptism, baptisms, it means that the church as a whole is doing a good job. So we need to be more jealous about that and ask ourselves why we don't have more baptisms. Okay? And when you see a person baptized, you need to look around and say, okay, is anyone here baptized because of me? Anyone here received Christ because of me? Anyone here joined this church because of me? If you find none, you should be like in the book of Acts. Ah, something is wrong. Because we are called to make disciples. And we are called to share the gospel. So important that when we look around, we see people that somehow our testimony and our life impact them. That's so important. Five, prayer. So we're praying Tuesdays morning, and we're praying the first few days of the month, coming together, we're anointing you, we pray for you, we pray during the week, you, we pray for you by name, we're praying, 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 praying for the Holy Spirit to keep moving in the church like never before. We're doing very well there. Now, Holy Spirit in the local church, six. Ooh, six. We want to see more of the Holy Spirit, yes? Yes, and here... What is important here is a balance between fruits and gifts of the Spirit. Both. I, have, I see churches where there is power. Everything is power and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you see life transformed, uh, marriage coming back together, people forgiving each other, all of that. But no fruits. There is gossip. There is anger. There is all of that. We need 
both. We need the fruits of the Spirit, peace, integrity, love, joy. But we also need the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. We want to see life transformed. That's the, that's the, the, the biggest mark of the movement of the Holy Spirit in the church. It's not that people are getting healed. The biggest testimony of the power of the Holy Spirit is life being transformed. I used to be a gossiper. I am not. I used to, I used to steal. No, I'm not. I used to, 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 to kill. No, I'm not. I, does that make sense? Change. We have to change. We have to change. But we need more of the Holy Spirit in the church. We need that. Unity. Seven. Seven. Good. So that means that unity means, again, I explained it in the definition, that we all have our opinions, we all have our agendas, but when we come together, we have one agenda, yes, the agenda of St. John. And when we leave the room, doesn't matter what I thought, now it, this is our decision. Because if you leave the room and say, this is, oh my goodness, that's the dumbest decision ever. Then there's no unity. Because there is a space to share, to believe, to vote, to do the whole nine yards. And after that, this is who, this is who we are. That's true unity. That's true unity. That we have the space to share our opinions, what we see, what we believe. But at the end, when we leave the room, we are one. True unity. So hopefully we can continue growing in unity. Unity as one. Because if we are not united, the devil will come and divide us and conquer. But if we are united, I'm telling you, the gate of hell will not prevail against the church. We need each other. You need me. I need you. We need to be united as one. And if we are one, no one can stop the church. When we are one in Jesus and one in the Spirit. But for that, we need to come together and share what you believe, share what you think in the light, not in darkness. Because I know people that tell me what you think, nothing. And then lights out. Turn the light on. Tell me what you think. Nothing. When you do that, the enemy will come and divide the church. But when you have to say you say it in the light, then the enemy has nothing to do. Because now we know. And the love that we have for one another, and this is a loving church, will overcome difference in opinions. Amen to that? Hallelujah. Next. Radical generosity, number oh, six. And that means giving to people. And now next month we have the stewardship campaign is coming up. So we have opportunity to grow in radical generosity. But St. John is a very generous church. We have local partners through full local that we are helping. We have international partners. And I think in two more Sundays, we're going to give a report about Dominican Republic and other places. St. John is a generous church. But we want to continue growing in that. How can we continue growing in giving in three areas? Your treasures, your time, and um, your treasure, your time, and your talents. But we have six. We have space to grow. Continual worship in the temple and in the houses, meaning that we are worshiping here, but we need to also extend worship to where? Our 
houses. Because when you come on Sunday and people say, the Holy Spirit is not here, do you know what that means? If every household is worshiping, if every household is having time together in prayer, and if every household is on fire, when we come on Sunday, it's a big fire, right? But if the households are cold, no worship, no prayer, no nothing, when we come on Sunday, all together we become what? The frozen chosen. So, the responsibility of experiencing God in this room is not for the worship band only. It's for every single household connected to this church. And when we are praying, your stick, my stick, his stick, a fire, a bonfire. That's what will happen. So we want to see more of that. Inspire worship. Like nobody has to ask you, raise your hand, clap, put in your feet. My goodness. Let's move with the Holy Spirit and just worship and forget about your, who is by your side. Forget about everybody and just, just, Lord, I'm here. I love you. Good testimony reputation with the outsiders. That's the, that's the, the last one. It means, I don't know if you know this, but St. John has a very powerful testimony in the community. So people respect the church. Everywhere I go, and I say, I'm the pastor. Say, oh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful church. That's what people say. It's an awesome church. It's a beautiful church. And people, even people who left remember St. John as a place where family were baptized. They, they came to the preschool. I mean, people are excited about St. John. The issue that we have is that we are a United Methodist Church, and as a United Methodist Church, our testimony worldwide is not even seven. Seven is very generous. Now, do we have control of that? No. We have control of what we do here and how we define ourselves, and at least for now, this is where we stand, this is who we are, we worship, we love people, and people will experience God like never before. So, in other words, let's seek God, let's self-evaluate constantly, let's use Acts 2, 37 to 47 to evaluate ourselves, how we're doing constantly, especially people who are looking for churches. This is a good way to evaluate churches when you go around. Sometimes we just evaluate churches based on, on how well the worship is, if they have a youth ministry, if they have this. These are the true marks of a church. You can take that, open your Bible in Acts 2 and go to a different church or watch churches on YouTube and use those seven and see how they are doing before you sign up or before you send someone there. Okay? But this is so important that we spending time with radical generosity, continual worship, and find love in Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray. Loving Father, thank you for the opportunity to be together. We thank you for the wisdom and the guidance that we have in you. We ask that you pour out your spirit and fill us with wisdom and clarity to walk on these 10 marks. We pray, Father, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
And as we're getting ready for that baptism, uh, we're going to sing a little snippet of a song, and I'm going to invite you to worship and praise. You can sit doing that, um, and while we're singing that, I'm going to invite the Goss family up so we can celebrate Nathaniel's baptism. forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin. I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord? In union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? I do. All right then. Awesome. Let's get Joey into this water, huh?
to come around him and support him and the Goss family, praying for them and loving on them. We just love them so much. And so if you will, respond with me in saying this. With God's help, we will so order our lives after the example of Christ that Nathaniel, surrounded by steadfast love, may be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal. And life eternal he has. And we get to celebrate that. And someday we'll all have a big homecoming in heaven and get to rejoice about that. When we get to be in union with Christ and we're going to sing about that. And we're going to celebrate Nathaniel and the Goss family and good old Jesus. Let's celebrate. I send you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go and make disciples for the transformation of the world. Amen.